0: Yo, this is Jay from Jinx Apparel. I'm just doing what all the cool kids do, listening to the Big Truth Podcast. Yeah, yeah. I want to shout out my man, Jay Cerrito from Hijinx Apparel for kicking off a new segment of the show and doing that intro for us. Uh, so, yeah, um, we're going to do a new kind of, uh, I guess, segment, or I don't know what you'd call it, a new aspect of the show where we can get listeners more involved. You can uh, call in and uh, record an intro Um, you can, uh, you know, either intro the show, uh, talk about an episode that you particularly liked or disliked or whatever, you know, um, just kick it off. Just set it off. Uh, you can go to speakpipe.com slash big truth again, www.speakpipe.com slash big truth and, uh, record a message, send me hate mail. I don't care, whatever. Um, if, uh. If you get something put together well enough, I will uh, air it at the beginning of the show. Um, And that's how you can be more involved. Or you can go to uh, Big Truth. If you go to Patreon.com slash Big Truth and sign up there to become a supporter of the show. Or just keep doing what you're doing and uh, listening. But also make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you hit like. Leave a review. Spread the word. Send it to friends, family, coworkers, whatever like uh, just spread the word so we can get it going and uh, growing Um, but yeah for sure but hit me up with some of those speak pipes Uh, I think you can record a minute or a minute and a half Uh, so I'm uh, I'll be looking forward to hearing something from you guys Uh, but without further ado let's just jump right into it today
1: Six, 5 four, three, two, one.
0: We have a lift off Yes, once again, we have liftoff. I want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Big Truth Podcast, uh, broadcasting live from the third lift here at Chopperhead Head Custom Cycles in Freetown, Massachusetts, um, one of the last uh, little towns in Massachusetts that kind of tries to hold a little bit of freedom, but uh, you know we're losing that daily. But regardless, that doesn't matter. Uh, I'm stoked to introduce kind of a longtime friend, but even though we never met real in life, just like the the beauty of the internet and uh, finding people with shared interests, uh, pro and I've been wanting Avro on the podcast for a while, so it's I'm stoked to finally say uh, and uh, to to warmly welcome Raquel, Queen of Bale in L.A. County. If you if you get any kind of dirt, do all kinds of any dirt, get any kind of trouble in in, in the L.A. area, this is the person you want to know. And you probably already know her, but if you don't, you should. So Raquel, what's up? How you doing? Hi. Hi, True. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. Yeah, we, We've, we like, talked on and off for years it's just about music or dumb stuff or politics or uh, just life. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny, like, you know, when we talked the other day about you coming on, it's like, it's probably the first time we actually spoke, but like, vocally, you know, and not just typing. And it's just, but, like, we were like, how long have we known each other? And you were like, what, like 10 years, 12 years, something crazy like that?
2: yeah it is crazy and and you know as a community we've all gone through so much
0: yeah well yeah 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 the, the last think about all the all the uh craziness that's happened you know since 2001 right like just just it's, it's a never-ending like cycle of like bana- like just gets more banana- <laughs> bananas every day like
2: i know i'm thinking gosh you know mass mass shootings and uh Laws changing, you know marijuana became legal yeah yeah
0: uh, Psil- psilocybin you know. and mushrooms is on the way. that's next that's you can see the writing on the wall there. it's already getting decriminalized and legalized in some places, yeah, good, good, yeah i mean we we've had uh you know some uh couple of years of uh, of 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 uh we, total weirdness of what was going on, and we you know just, just it seems like every day something new is going on and i don't know is it always been this hectic or is it just that we have so much access to information that we're just hearing more about things it just seems like we can't even digest things anymore like when one thing comes (laughs) out you haven't even digested a thought about it and then all of a sudden the next day it's like boom then this this is something else just hits and it's like yeah there's no time to catch up and and really synthesize 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 things and think about it
2: i agree with you i think it's a it's you know, I mean, think about it. People, when we were kids, right? We had channel two, four, five, seven, nine, eleven, and thirteen. We had seven channels.
0: That's a Malaysia. And That's a Malaysia. We only had three. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: A, we only <laughs> had three. Other, no, the three thought. or four. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I like,
2: and and so. you know, so everybody was getting the same information. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think radio, which is kind of like what your podcast is what radio used to be. It was, was a way and still is. You can listen like for Los Angeles, you know, national public radios. You can get the real scoop on stuff yeah. for free on that radio, on that radio channel. But, you know, like things like marijuana becoming legal and psychedelics becoming legal, you know, that takes money away from bail bonds for sure. But, you know, there's always uh, warrants. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm I not knock on what I've been Steadily busy for seventeen years now, and um, you know, Queen, Raquel Queen of Bell Bonds is super established. Yeah. you know, because I busted ass, as you know, for so many years, and now I can kind of just kick back and you know reap the benefits because now my phone rings. You know.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. It, you know, with with uh, weed uh, going legal, marijuana going legal, that must have been a big dent in that industry, but. You've been in it oh, so you long, mean, you've been in it so long that y- you're going to be able to persevere, whereas if someone was just getting into that industry now, that would probably be kind of a fatal blow, right? Or could be. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, it was like a really big secret truth that, that I voted for that law. I voted for the law that made marijuana and and a certain amount of drugs, a personal amount of drugs legal Yeah. In in... In spirit of rehabilitation, as opposed to, you know, going to jail because you're because you happen to be a heroin addict or whatever. Sure. And that's something that I could never admit in my industry, because all of the bail bondsmen were like, make sure you vote against it. Make sure you vote against it. And I thought that was pretty shitty. Sure. You know, because a lot of my friends are 12 steppers and sometimes they slip, you know, yeah. and it's just sometimes it can be just so it can be just the last straw on somebody's back. You know, when you it could be the last thing you need is a cake, a felony yeah. cake. you
0: and, know, and, and especially and something that, like weed or marijuana, right? Like you know, how yeah, many how many you, people that you know are in law enforcement and do that, right? Like weed is a pretty common thing. Like I'm not saying everybody does, but like it's a it's a fairly common thing and it's like you know, you 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 want to put it's like one of the problems with law enforcement, right? Is or like especially like uh, prisons and like when they when they've been privatized in a private prison. The goal is that now it's a business. You got to fill up. You got to fill this up. And you know, would you rather fill it up with people that are like easy to deal with, like like that are in for weed charges, or do you want to fill it up with like people that are doing like hardcore, serious like murders and stuff, like you know? Or the, the, and and there's just obviously more people that are smoking weed and getting DUIs and things like that. But it's like. You know, it's like it's it's tough because you want to protect your business, but it's like also like you also have to do what's right for society, right? You know, it's kind of like a a a weird catch 22 in your industry probably.
2: Exactly. We'll check this out. That year that I voted for the well-being of my community as opposed to voting for my pocketbook, that was one of my busiest years ever. And I felt like that was some good karma that kind of came my
0: way. You know. Sure. So, what even got you? So, explain for people who, um, for the law-abiding listeners who haven't had to deal with uh, bail bonds, can can you explain kind of like just a general overview of what like what what bail bonds uh, people do, um, and like you know what that kind of you know industry is and what it entails. So, just like an overview yeah. of that.
2: Sure, I I would love to because I'd love to explain you know, what, what the origin of bail bonds is and how it, how it started and why it even exists. Yeah, and why it's so, important,
0: you know, because it, it is important for justice. Yeah,
2: so um, back in the day, you know, law enforcement, and um, we're, we're talking in the, you know, Western days when anybody could just put on a badge and call themselves the law, would, they figured out really quickly that there was no way that they'd ever have enough manpower to make people go to court you could arrest them but you can't just keep them forever on an accusation you know that's that's in our constitution you know yeah so they figured how are we how are we going to uh, how are we going to make these people liable for for their charges how are we going to make them come back to court so they figured we're going to have to make somebody else's problem so let's let's call it fail when we'll make it a, a, a we'll get a middleman involved, and he'll take out a little tiny insurance policy on the defendant with the court to ensure that he'll go to court. and And if that bail bondsman doesn't get that defendant to court, he's going to be liable for the full amount of the bail. and And we'll make it his problem to get the money from his client. Okay. So that's what it's designed for. It's, design, it's not designed for your freedom. It's not designed to, for, to get people out of jail. It's designed to ensure people's appearance in court. It's to yeah. ensure people's liability. And um, so the bail bondsman is responsible to get you in, into court. Otherwise, you know, we're responsible for the full amount of the bail. So your bail is $20,000. I put up the full $20,000 for you to the court with a little insurance policy that says, I'm going to get your ass there no matter what, yeah. dead or alive, dead or alive, just like in the old Western days. They don't care. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and, and um, I'm going to charge you a premium for that, which the, which the state mandate should be 8 or 10%, which is non-refundable. And I earn that money by you getting out of jail. So the minute you step out of jail, I've earned that money. And it has nothing to do with court. They can drop the charges. They can add charges. They can, you know, do whatever in court. Whatever happens, it can be dismissed. doesn't matter because I got you out of jail. That's what a bail bondsman does. So those are the two things that I think people are confused about. The first thing is that bail is designed, you know, to get people out of jail. That's not what it's about. And it's about getting, making sure you show up to court. Right. Yep. And and the second thing is that, um, the second thing is like that that we get to just charge you whatever. We don't. It's it's um, it's a it's a state mandate. It's a government job. Sure.
0: Now, like, what led you, to, like, to get into that industry? Like, how did how did you, like, want to get into bail bonds and, like, what was the I path that led you that?
2: To- I never wanted to get into Bail Bonds. I was just, you know, pretty much, you know, I grew up in the valley. And I grew up, you know, punk rock, very edgy. And, um, you know, on the other side of the track. And, um, you know, when I got all sleeved, it wasn't, it wasn't cool at all. And you couldn't get a job anywhere like you can now. Yeah. At all. It wasn't like that.
0: Remember that? Remember? Sometimes I look at those those days a little more fondly. I, I don't I know it sounds kind of weird, but like when you had like a neck tattoo or a sleeve or like a hand tattoo, like that meant something. You're like mm, that 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 motherfucker's <laughs> serious, right? And now it's just like these kids come in and that's like the first thing they're doing is tattooing their face. Like and it's like Are you thinking about it? Right. You thinking about that? And which I love well, as yeah. someone no, who does I, laser I, removal. I, I, <laughs> like, I'm like, no, it's it, it,
2: it, you know, I mean, it's become trendy, and I never thought it would. I just never saw that one coming. It's the TV because shows. Because it's such a commitment. You yeah. know, it's such a commitment. And plus it hurts, and it's expensive. Yeah. So those three things, I never saw it coming, but I, I just like it. and But I can always tell a poser. You know, I, that school soccer mom that has the tattoo on her neck,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing, too, is, right, it's, uh, I don't know about, you know, I, I, out there, but out here, it's not expensive anymore, because it, once it was legalized in Massachusetts, there's so many people doing it, and there's so many, like, scratchers doing, like, $50 tattoos that are horrible, like, that, you know, all these people are getting, like, uh, they're not thinking about it, like you said, it, 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 it it's a commitment. And, that, and it's something that people I don't think are really thinking about and they're just getting, well, I can go over there and my buddy will do it for 80 bucks. And it's like, well, you're going to put, right. you're going to have your buddy put something on your neck for $80. Like, you know, like, like, unless your buddy is like, you know, like an ex- established, you know, an experienced and, and good tattoo artist. Like I would, you know, that's where I step in Like years later when they actually have the regret and I laser it off. But you know, like, um, but, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, not, not to derail it, but it was just, you know, something like it, that always resonates with me when you were like you, you were sleeved. And at that time, you couldn't get a job because of that. And it's not like that so much yeah. anymore, which is there's good, good parts of that, bad parts of it, good parts of it. You don't get hassled as much by, the, you know, people. Yeah, like so, local. you
2: know, I, I had a background in photography and dance and, you know, I was all, you know, sleeved and looked edgy and you know I couldn't get I couldn't get a job anywhere
1: yeah
2: and um my, my photography skills were kind of derailed everything went digital it was just a really weird time and so I was doing whatever I was like bartending and doing a lot of just things to make ends meet and just through people that I know I was offered to do bail bonds you know to go you know somebody said hey you know would you consider it you know i'll pay for you to go to school and get your license and you could you know try it out for me and i said yeah i'll give it a whirl you know and um god at that time it was just perfect timing because everybody had just kind of come to age everybody had kind of just gotten like had graduated from punk rock to like having a motorcycle and and and, um you know i knew everybody like you know the stoners the surfers the skaters the bikers the you know people that turned grunge or whatever that you know introduced me to the grass people to you know the motorcycle builders i just knew everybody and so it was like well we could call Somebody out of the yellow pages or we could call Raquel. I kind of just, you know, my name spread like wildfire and it, and it worked out really well for me. It was very lucrative.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I mean. We we're, we're we come from th- those subcultures and, you know, like I know if I was going to, you know, need a bail bonds person, like I'd call someone I know or, or someone that comes from a similar background, you know, versus, like you said, just dialing some number in the yellow pages. like So, yeah, that, yeah, that not- give you an automatic in and credibility with people. I think.
2: Probably. Absolutely. And then I changed the entire experience instead of, you know, going to some, you know, dank place and, and being, you know, vetted, you know, it was more like I treated my clients like rock stars and it was like offering them cocktails Yeah, at my, in my office at my, you know, I had a bar in there Nice. and, um, yeah, it was right above Bordner's. All right. You know where that is, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I had an office of nurse for, for a long time. That's awesome. And, um, yeah, and it was, a, you know, got a little expensive and a little crazy. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, everybody grew up, and then I started bailing out their kids that were going to <laughs> rave. Yeah. Yes, which is hysterical. It was like, oh, my God, we are all really getting up there because now <laughs> I'm bailing out this generation's kids.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, 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 we're getting, now it's scary. Like I got uh, plenty of friends that have ki- that, that have grandkids and it's like, oh, geez, are we that, is that where we're at now? Like, I don't feel like, no, that. You know, we're not. I, I, I don't feel like, that, no. I, I see that. That's you know? unusual.
2: I would say that's unusual, but we're not there yet.
0: Okay, good. Um,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> what is the training? Like, what do you have? You, you have to go, is it what you have to go to a school f- for uh, bail bonds?
2: Yeah, you have to sign up for it. It's kind of like when the circus comes into town, you know. You have to wait for it. Okay. And um, it's very minimal, and you have, you know, what's the? I forget how many hours you have to study initially, but the the um, you know the real stress part is taking the California state exam. You know, you take it in this big federal building downtown and you know, you're not allowed to have your cell phone on you and you can't, you know, have a belt on, (laughs) you know, it's it's just really a lot of rules and they time you. And the test is very long. The test is very long. And it's, you know, and it's stuff that, that you, um, that you need to know. You really need to know. And you have continuing education, 12 hours of continuing education, which I think is for most in California, for most licenses, like if you have A cosmetology license, or a real estate license, or any kind of insurance license, or you know, work license, which is pretty much everything. Yeah, you they they make you continue your education and pay some fees. (laughs) We were just talking about that. Yeah, to um, you know, to keep up your license.
0: Okay, so what what do do you is it like law that you got to be familiar with, or like what's what is like um. Like, what do you have to study for that? Like, or is it?
2: Um, yeah, a lot of it is, um, I mean, you are supposed to know your penal codes, you yeah. know, and you do as a bail bondsman, you know, your penal codes. Um, a lot of it is the paperwork that you have to understand and okay. terminology. Like, you know, it's not, uh, there's a language just like, like any other insurance, you know, there's a the defendant, there's a the principal, there's the producer, Okay. there's the um you know um contracts um that you need to understand so that you can explain them to your clients you know
1: yeah.
2: so you know and and in law there's a lot of latin terms you know so um but and you have to understand what bail is and what you can and cannot do like um you know, and for me, this was always kind of a problem. Like as a bail bondsman, you're you're not allowed to hang around with criminals because they call that organized crime. Mm. You know, very simply, you know, people know that it's like they're planning on committing a crime. And so they have their bail bondsman around, you know, so you can't do that. Um, you can't solicit your card, you know, to people in a court you know, in a courtroom okay. or in, in any kind of court courthouse. Um, I'm not legally allowed to refer any attorneys, you know, um, you're not, uh, you have to learn how, how to do your finances. Like you're not going to commingle your personal funds with your bail bond funds or your you know cash collateral, stuff like that. Um, and then of course, there's all kinds of rules and regulations with the court. And especially in regards to if you have a skip or, you know, somebody who, doesn't show up a for forfeiture
1: yeah.
2: and that's 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 pretty detailed because sometimes you um you know have property that you've taken as collateral so um you know you have to learn the ins and outs of that you know you don't you know people might think that i get to take the whole house no i i don't yeah. get the whole house i just get what you owe me yeah you know which means that the house will go into foreclosure you will have to move out the house will be sold and then I get my little piece of the pie. And, you know, you're definitely not in a good position. Sure, yeah.
0: So it's really, so, you it's, know, it's like a balance of, of law and insurance that you got to kind of weave through, it sounds like.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, and that stuff, you know, how I parlayed into my second business, the, the entertainment insurance, is because, you know, bail bonds is insurance and people don't realize that. It's a little insurance policy with the courts. And it's really not so little. It's usually in California. I don't know about Massachusetts. I'm sure it's maybe somewhat similar because it's a big metropolitan city. But California has the highest insurance rates from, from A to Z. And, you know, bail bonds is B. Yeah. really high, yeah, yeah. you know. And that's why doctors are so expensive out here. And driving is so expensive out here. You yeah. know, it's all the insurance.
0: Oh yeah, same same out here. Yeah, yeah. And it, it 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 even with like certain things like uh like um car insurance. It it even depends on your zip code and where you live. Like it it goes up or down oh, yeah. depending on you know th- you know where you live. If it's a high crime area or a high break-in area or a high incident of uh, traffic traffic violations or accidents or something yeah, like you, that's you, how it you get is charged over here. accordingly. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah so, so uh, yeah we've had we've had a couple of good uh conversations about a, a bunch of this stuff like uh, uh, uh offline before we even got into this but which will uh, which may may germinate into a to a some some uh, a special uh offshoot but um we'll uh we'll just leave a little foreshadowing there um what, yeah. so like tell me about the process like like what's it like like something happens client gets arrested like how do they find you and then like what's like the intake like what do you got to do like how does it like work like run through like kind of like the typical like outline of like what happens like oh okay well
2: uh, that's a good segue into a couple of other things um but you know my clients unlike any other industry other than like emergency rooms, but you know my clients call my phone starts ringing after like one o'clock in the morning yeah, you know when the bars start to close and the nightclubs start to close, when you know, and that's yeah. that's when arrests happen. You know, people say to me, "Ah, oh, you know, I have a warrant. What am I going to do?" I'm like, "Don't drive after midnight. Don't drive with a bunch of people in your car. You know, don't drive on the strip. You know, yeah, yeah, all these things because that's that's when cops make make their moves. You know, sure. Um, so my phone starts ringing and my clients are all very upset. Panicked, sometimes crying it depends on you know personalities, and um, they'll tell me what happened or they'll try to tell me what happened. Sometimes my clients are drunk, or sometimes mm-hmm. they're high, yeah. or sometimes they're just so upset that they're you know kind of just rambling. So that's like you know something that people might not take into consideration. Like I have to deal with a lot of personalities, sure, and so then. Sure. Yeah, and so then it's a matter of finding the person who got arrested, and you know, most of the time people call me like as soon as the person got taken away, like they haven't even arrived at the jail yet, and they're in a panic, going, "You got to get him out! You got to get him out!" And he hasn't—he hasn't even stepped foot in the jail yet. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. Still sitting in the back seat of the car.
0: Yeah, you. you so know? you don't even know where they're gonna end up because there's probably exactly a, there's well, probably plenty of them. You around. know.
2: Well, things have changed. You know, when I first got into bail bonds, when I first got my license, it was 2006. Back in 2006, truth, there were small jails in every city. Yeah, and people would get detained in the in the city jail, which was great. It was wonderful because a small city jail is not that difficult, and there's not all that confusion, all that data, and all
0: chaos. Yeah, the chaos.
2: Yeah. And um, over the years, now everybody pretty much, if you're in Los Angeles, you're going to get taken to county jail. So now it's a little different. Back, back in the day, it was like, well, if you were in Culver City, where we weren't sure if they were going to take you to Culver City jail or Santa Monica jail, you know, so maybe I'd have to have to call around or, you know, just kind of things like that. Find the defendant find out what their charges are which sometimes is not um, you know if people's if somebody's name is you know John Schmidt you know there's a ton of John Schmidt yeah yeah. if your, name, if your name's Mikey Garcia you know there's a hundred <laughs> Mikey Garcia like my name there's like 10 million of mine of the same exact name as mine yeah. so date of birth really important and um, sometimes you know homies don't know their homies date of birth you know sure so sometimes that takes a while just actually finding the defendant then you have to wait until they've been booked so i've already called like three or four jails i finally find them this is you know now an hour's gone by then i have to wait until they're booked so that would be like maybe between two to three hours so then i wait a lot of waiting in bail bonds then i call back see if they've been booked to see if I get their actual charges. If I'm lucky, I do. And then I say, are they cleared yet? So clearing means your name has to be entered through this, uh, national crime data to see if you have any warrants in the nation, you know, from from east to west. And that takes a long time. Then I have to wait for them to clear. And then I call back again. I say, are they cleared? No, they're not. Wait, hours, hours, hours.
1: <laughs>
2: and then they're finally cleared. And then I get up and go and post the bond. And um, then when I get to county jail, which is what we're dealing with most of the time now, it's, it's just a really, really, you know, it's really bad there, man. That's the only way I can say it. Like, there's just sheriffs everywhere. It's old. It's dirty dank, there's, you know, stones running around, toothless and shit that just got out of jail, homeless people sleeping around. Yeah. And you gotta step over bodies, maybe one or two, and you go up to what's called the Inmate Reception Center, and, you know, it depends on what time you're there, but sometimes it can go smoothly, sometimes I can end up waiting there for up to three to four hours. And uh, yeah, and you can hear like all the loony bins screaming and hollering, and the sheriffs are yelling and screaming because they're angry, and you don't want to sit anywhere. Yeah. And you better not have to go to the bathroom because that's bad. That's really bad. And, you know, I just try to get out of there as soon as I can. And I've been doing this for 17 years, so I don't let anything get to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you must. Nothing when i was when i was bouncing you know it it, it was like what you got to deal with on a much smaller scale but all the different personalities and different levels of inebriation and whatever you do learn to just like tolerate a lot of dumb shit <laughs> it's like, for lack of a better term you know it's like yeah um, so totally so what's like your day like so you start at like pretty much Midnight or whatever, or is it like, is is, is your average day or like, or is it just whenever you get the call, you got to, you got to, you got to deal with it?
2: Yeah. You know, there's daytime bail too. I seem to be really lucky. I'm I'm really, really lucky. I get a lot of daytime bail, which is like when somebody calls me in the morning and we're doing, you know, banker's hours and I'm, I'm driving, doing bail during the day, which is fantastic. I love that. And that happens a lot too. So it just depends. I mean, there's been times when I haven't slept for like two days because I've just been, yeah, I've just been really busy. And um, but you know, things have changed, and now bonds are are much bigger. You know, since drugs are off the table now, what's left are you know bigger crimes, yeah. and so the bail amount is bigger. So now I'm doing much bigger bonds: a hundred thousand, a hundred fifty thousand, two hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand dollar bonds. No, and um, oh sorry good i was just gonna say so you know I don't have to work as hard
0: yeah yeah so so the so the volume has gone down but the 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 quantity of like the bond has gone up but it's but it's, it's not doing more it's just they're bigger
2: yeah, yeah exactly so it's like evened out with me doing less work
0: okay now did, yeah. like, so like does it work like how does it work like I, do you have other people that work with you? Like but like so say you get three calls at once, like how do you deal with that? Like you know you know what I mean? Like or, you or know, if I, you're out I, on a call and you get another one, like you know, how does that all work?
2: It, well it can be crazy. It can be crazy. I usually j ju- I tried to have other people work with me over the years. At one time I had a princess of bail and a duchess of bail.
1: <laughs> there you go. Yeah.
2: And and um the princess of bail um, I thought she would do really well because she kind of had a business mind on her, but she just had, I think, just too many kids, you know, yeah. she had a lot of kids and um, you know, and people are impatient, you know, and the Duchess of Bale, the Duchess of Bale had a lot, she had a lot of people that knew her that were all knuckleheads. So that was great, but she was drama girl. And I told her, look, man, you can't be like, spreading that drama under your duchess of veil thing like can you separate it yeah. you know and she was like no i can't she said no i cannot yeah. and i said well then you're fired because i can't have all your personal drama which is wacky doodles yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: being underneath my business name
1: sure.
2: so now i do i've been doing everything on my own since then and because i figured i don't need to create Competition for myself I was really lucky That neither one of those girls Continued on trying to do their Own thing sure. so that could have created a, More competition for myself In an oversaturated industry Yeah. So if I get two or three Phone calls I just help you know I just have To call people back
0: Okay and, and is, I was Wanting to say other things I was to say is like How many is it is it so it's Oversaturated has it always been or like Did that something that just happened over the
2: Recently? No, dog's a bounty hunter. I blame it all on him.
0: Is that was that? It, that's what I was. I was wondering <laughs> how. The, yeah, how that was gonna if that was connected. Like, because that that's is bounty hunter and bail bonds kind of like are they connected somehow?
2: Yeah, they assume you know the Department of Insurance, which is who gives out the licenses for the um, bounty hunter and the bail agent. Okay, they they assume that you're doing both.
0: Okay, that's that's what I figured, but I wasn't sure.
2: Yeah, because they assume that you're going to have a lot of skips. Yeah. You know, I've been in business for 17 years. This t- 2024 will be 18 years, and I've had two skips.
0: Wow. Uh, wow.
2: And that's both of them, well, wait, yeah, both. The one one for sure was somebody that I knew really well i knew his his chick really well for years so that was really you know a betrayal sure and then the other one was just like some stupid kid it was so dumb and it was somebody that i knew like you know nephew or something (laughs) you know and it was more like a pickup as opposed to like a fugitive oh and then i had i had one guy he was in a motorcycle club he was a fugitive. He was on America's Most Wanted, though, so he didn't really skip out on my bond. He skipped on a, out on a federal indictment.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
2: I didn't really have to do anything there because he was on he was on America's Most Wanted
0: federal government list. So I just kicked back, put my feet up on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's a there's a lot, there's a lot there. So that was gonna say like. How like so? Someone goes and you 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 post a bail for them, or they post a bail and and you you cover it with a bond. But like, do you have to have that money in the bank, or do you have your own kind of insurance? Like, how do you how do you cover that? And then if someone does speak, oh. like, how does that work? Like, does that come out of your yeah. your coffers, or does that like is there insurance for you to cover that, or like how does that work?
2: Yeah. No, the bottom line is is you have to have that money. You have to have that collateral with your surety company it's called surety which is you know a diff, it's like a different judiciary financial I, institution
0: I get it I have a surety bond for the motorcycle shop you have to you have to carry right yeah. right
2: so I have a surety and I have to have depending on what kind of bail I want to write if I want to do nickel and dime bail bonds and maybe I only need you know a quarter of a million dollars of collateral but if I going, if I want to be able to do big bonds I need that collateral yeah. With my surety. So it can be cash, diamonds, Swiss, bank account. <laughs> it could be whatever. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah. I, I'm responsible for it. Sure. I'm responsible for it. And that's why people, you know, might in the past have like seen me lose my shit. And it's because that's that you know, that's my money on the line.
0: Yeah. Now are you, like, kind of on them and following up with them and making sure they're going to their, gonna go to their court date? Or do, do you, like, bring no. them there?
2: No, 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 no. I mean, I've had to in the past with some yeah. clients and, some, like, some rappers that didn't have a car or whatever. Yeah. But, um, no, and I I have, especially not in the last 10 years. There, there's been times where I've had some, you know, really sketchy clients that have been drug addicts or, you know, maybe doing a couch tour or yeah. that didn't have a car and, you know, they can be, I, they can be a real, real great way for me to lose sleep. Cause I don't know how they're going to get to court. Yeah. I yeah. might be, might be kind of on them, but for the most part, my clients are all pretty well off and they, you know, have a good job that they're trying to not lose in the first place, okay. you know?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. So, and then have there are there clients like you just refuse? You're like, nah, I'm not going to work with this person. Absolutely, man. <laughs> So how do you do that? Do, yeah. you, do you have like a spidey sense or like, do you have like, I have a, I, I, I feel like anyone who grew up in a city has like this internal mechanism where you can kind of get a vibe and tell if someone's like going to be like a shitbag bag or not. You know what I mean? Like I, I call it, we call it the push. Like if you meet someone and you just feel like repelled away from them, you're like, mm, nah, you know what I mean? Or sometimes, you know, and it works the other way too. Sometimes you feel instantly like cool or connected with somebody, but sometimes you feel like this kind of like spidey sense where you're like, mm, stay away from that one.
2: Totally. Totally. I have, you know, sometimes I'm nice about it. Sometimes I'm not. Yeah. You know, it just depends on the person like that there I had somebody was next to me and they, they were like, Oh my God, I've never heard somebody say no so many different ways without (laughs) ever using the word like Jesus, that person couldn't, couldn't just was really pushy. And I was like, I know, I know, but there was no way I was going to do it. You know, um, if you're a felon with a gun, you know, with a weapon, yeah. you know, that's like an automatic two years. Yeah. So unless you're like, you know, in a good position to hire an attorney, you know, retain private counsel or, you know, have a really good co that's a prime candidate for a skip right there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's like guaranteed time. There's no talking out of it, right?
2: Yeah, no, for not, not unless you have a really solid attorney and, yeah. and a lot going for you. you know, um like a really good job going, you know, something like that. But um most most people, like a young guy, like a twenty one year old, is not willing to do that. Yeah. And so I'll I will just definitely put my foot down and not do that kind of bond at all. Drug addicts, I learned the hard way once. You know, never again. You know, Pimps prostitutes, never because they're on the next flight to Vegas that night, you know?
0: Yeah. They're out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's, there's all kinds of, you know, non-desirables.
0: So, so I know you've written about this stuff and, 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 and have talked about, but like, you must have some stories, like what's some of the wackiest or like craziest or standout kind of times like in your, in your, you, you have a long career in this. Like what are some of the, like the more kind of standout elements, whether it was good or bad or just crazy or what? Like, I'm sure you. Well, got some you know, interesting. I, ones. I, it's not a. It's not a normal job. Like you know what I mean. So I'm sure there's some. Oh my God! Some, yeah. some,
2: some of the craziest experiences. So, you know, um, you know the um, punk rock author. His name is Legs McNeil. Yes. So he has a, a magazine, an online magazine called Legsville, and I have a column on there called Bail Tales. Okay. And it's and it's stories that, that you know, I've written a book and it's not published yet. So it's in the can and I'm having a really hard time um, getting publishers to look at it and really hard time like with literary agents and stuff like that. But I do have this column and so I'm kind of doling out like the, some of my best stories, yeah. but not all of them.
1: Sure.
2: You know, not all of them but you can go on there and read them out on legbill.com because there are some really great ones and there are some really sad ones. Sure. And you know, I have, I've been doing it for almost a year and so on on my 12th and last uh, piece for, for, for that veil tales. Um, I'm going to talk about some of the good times too, because it's just been, you know, I mean, I I've treated this business queen Raquel queen of bail bonds totally different you know I mean it's been videos and you know really cool parties and really cool photo shoots and really cool events you know that you know nobody would even think would be part of a bail career
0: no no and and I like that's like kind of how we met, like social media, like through like we we have so many mutual friends and everything, and it was just like, like the way you promoted it was always so interesting. I was like, like I've never seen anyone promote bail bonds like like it like 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 it is an, like an event. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Like
2: I always treated it like it was a band. Yeah, like it, like it, like it was a band.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you think know, that and- does that come from like? kind of like the old punk rock DIY ethic, you think? Like, you know, like you're thinking outside the box and you're kind of pushing it, you know? it's, like- it's, it's,
2: it's, it's Absolutely, it's all about for, from, you know, being just growing up punk, that was such a, you know, a different way of living and such a decision, you know, such a conscious decision. Yeah. And so everything that I've done in, in my life and everybody, I think and everybody from that punk rock generation who was punk, it's kind of the same with everything that they do. Like, you know, I have a friend that's a um, comedy writer and he has um, a, a t-shirt line called everybody sucks, but, Us." <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's super, super edgy, you know, and you know, he was punk before, you know, likes all the good music, you know, it's like any, you know, artist. you know, that grew up in that era, they, you know, just have something that's different, something, you know, that no, no other generation has. Yeah. So so we were, we were thinking different by the time we were 16. So, you know, it just never changed. Sure. Yeah. And it's always been, you know, very anti-establishment, very stick it to the man, you know, um, that's where I've always come from.
0: Yeah. Very anti-cop. Yeah. Well, I get it. <laughs> especially, especially like when, you know, when it wasn't, I feel like punk is more, not co-opted, but it's more, it's like everything's more tolerated now than it was when we were young. Like you said, it was a conscious, conscious decision because you were going to get, every day you were dealt with bullshit because you were punk rock. You know, like, you yeah, different. every day, whether yeah. it's from a cop or from a, jock or whatever they're like, i'm not you know whatever but you know just that's like right. regular regular townie whatever motherfuckers whatever like you were getting yeah, in a fight you were getting in some kind of altercation or fucking some kind of conflict every every day and so yep. you overcame that i think that gives people like you know said a perspective and a, and a strength and a resilience and a uh uh that that isn't you know the norm because we didn't live in the norm you know and, and that's why we know all the people from all these other subcultures that you know like like you said earlier like punk rock kids retired and got into motorcycles or whatever that was the next thing that was loud fast dangerous and you know and and do it yourself and all that you know what i mean that's why i got into all that i didn't i never got out of punk but like i got more or or hardcore or any of that but i got into the the next thing you know what i mean that was the the right well it
2: was it was the the next next way to you know to flip off the man like how now what am i gonna do yeah yeah, well So and, I'm not going to flip you off with my mohawk. I'm going to flip you off with my fucking exhaust pipe.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, so it's just, you know, that thing. But, like, it was cool. Like, you know, like you could see that ethic in how you promoted your business as, as you know, as bail bonds, which is a different perspective. Like, so it's cool. Like I'm just giving you a shout out on that. Oh, some Thank you. That.
2: good. I'm so glad because there were times when I was, like, really edgy with, like, you know, there were some cracked eggs had like blood all in them for Easter. And some people were offended. And I was uh, like, well, yeah. I like to keep it edgy, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's all I can like, say. You're, you're dealing with bail bonds. Like who's, who's upset about like the, the you know, the, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? About that stuff. It's like, you know, you're not like, you not you're making children's books. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. yeah. But yeah. So even still, yeah. I'll, I'll post a link um, to the column. Um, uh, uh in the uh in the show notes so people don't have to remember that but like and we'll put all your social medias okay. and stuff in there uh but you know we'll get to that later but um like what are some of like you know like don't actually before we even get into it like i know you just mentioned that you've been having some trouble with uh with uh publishing and stuff in this day and age but have you ever just thought about self-publishing
2: well of course everybody has has said to do that but you know that's kind of a lot of work, yeah, yeah you know, yeah, sure, it's a lot of work, and you know, I don't, it's all about distribution, yeah, you know, and as a, as a self, if you, I think if you self publish it, first of all, I don't think it gets the respect in the literary world that you might deserve, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a mixtape as opposed to an album that's on a legit label,
1: I get it, and
2: mm-hmm. in comparison, yeah, and then the other thing is just, you know like a lot of hard work and you have to kind of you know i don't know i just don't have the time i wouldn't i wouldn't you know i'm just you know i need to be patient and just keep submitting
0: yeah well that's the thing is when it hits the right person and the right person sees it the right way it'll it'll go and then it'll probably just go real fast once that happens you just got to get in the guess. right set of eyes, right? You know that. that you live in the, the the California, right? It's like anything. Like, uh, there's it's a hustle. You know, you just got to get it to the right person, and then they'll carry that torch. You know.
2: Well, thanks for reminding me of that because I have dealt with you know a lot of rejection for this last year, and you know that's cool. You know, I mean, I've dealt with a lot of rejection and bail bonds as well. And, you know, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, you have to be very thick-skinned. So I'm used to that. I'm okay with, with rejection. You know, I'm super okay with it. But I'm human. After, you know, after six months of rejection, you, you need to take a break from it. Yeah know and and then refresh yourself, and then go back to some more rejection. <laughs>
0: but how is like how the? I can't imagine the column like you wouldn't be doing it for a year if it wasn't well received. Like I obviously, would, this is something that people would be interested in. I I, I can't see w- w- why it wouldn't. You know, like <laughs> it's
2: it's it's just like you said. It's gotta hit the right person because everybody loves the column. I mean, the people's remarks have been you know, fantastic and obviously like, you know, the publisher and, and also my editor, um, Bert Kearns, um, they, they love it. And they've been encouraging me to, to write more and, and they're, they have welcomed me to stay on as a writer, um, even after Bale Tales. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, I mean, there's that. I mean, if my writing sucked, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have a column.
0: Sure. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, if, and if it wasn't interesting what you were writing about you wouldn't have a column so obviously you get the, the 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 two things that you need there it's just so you said you're gonna find someone who's willing to take the take it to the next step
2: yeah and you know people have said you know what this is a netflix series
0: not a fucking
2: reality show yeah. but a netflix series a real drama series you know you know and, and so i have 12 episodes in the camp let's go. go
0: yeah and 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 you have an imagery around it that in in a business kind of you know aesthetic aesthetic exactly the word I was looking for yeah around it that makes it different like it's drastically different than something like Dog the Bounty Hunter you know what I mean it's like you know and, and, and you got a cool like everyone's always interested in stories about L A you know what I mean like in the, in that in that area like I'm sure you have some like really like standout things that would 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 make interest in. Um, any kind of media, whether it was television or a podcast or or or, or whatever, you know what I mean? Movie or book yeah, book,
1: like I'm, yeah. you could parlay that into are. anything,
0: you know, or all of it, you know. Right and
2: now. it's 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 all true too, you know. I mean, it's it's nonfiction; it's true. I don't I don't know if I. You I mean I guess it's under the the category of true crime. Yeah. Although, um, yeah, I mean, I do discuss what what my clients are are busted for. Yeah. I do. So there you have it.
0: So, so what are yeah. what are some of the standout ones? Like you, you know, uh, you know that you might have uh, already published in, in the articles. Uh, uh, you know, don't give away the stuff that you want to say for the book. But like, what are some of been some of the crazier stories or standout stories, whether it was good or bad?
2: Um, some of them, I think that that are I think are even shocking to myself, even just writing them. Yeah, just rem- yeah. just being like, what. <laughs> the hell were you thinking, yeah, how, yeah. Like, seriously. Oh, when I first started I was so rogue. I just really was. Like, you know, okay, my first mistake was letting people owe me money. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That that was a problem. That created a lot of problems for me. And um I you know, this is Los Angeles, so you know, I had plenty of muscle to collect for me. And, you know, I'll just say that, you know, there were plenty of lots broken in order to collect payment owed to me. And people that were collecting money for me were entitled to 50% of whatever they got. So it was a big loss to me and very nerve wracking. Yeah. And so I had to not let people owe me money, you know, because yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I can't, <laughs> I can't even
0: imagine. Yeah, because you need that you know, in the coffers to be able to do these bonds. <laughs> like, yeah, if you don't have any money, you can't do any bonds.
2: Yeah, you know, there was there was some some there was some guy that he was really good at collecting. You know, but man, he just was so crazy about it. You know, <laughs> like, he was like kidnapping people, like taking them to their ATMs. You know, I mean, that's like extortion. I'm pretty sure. I mean. How many other laws was he breaking? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Then you're going to yeah, you're gonna have to post his bond. Yeah, you're going to have to post his <laughs> bond.
2: Yeah, well, the, and the thing is, is he died. Oh. Uh, you know, he was living that, that that kind of life, you know, that yeah. fast life.
1: Sure. And
2: he didn't last long for this world. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just, you know, that helped to slow my ass down, too. Not letting people owe me money, you know. um, Bailing out junkies, you know, kind of junkies that have, you know, snot running out their
1: nose, yeah.
2: going on to their lap. That is not a good risk to take. Yeah, These are lessons I had to learn the hard way. And those are the kind of stories that are worth telling. You know what I mean?
1: Sure, sure.
2: And that was you know these are all learning lessons for me and you know as i've gotten smarter my bonds have gotten more boring yeah but i i had all all those you know over a decade of of knuckleheads
0: yeah 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 at a certain certain point you almost value like all right it's 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 boring bonds but it's 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 steady work and in and uh you can relax and Pursue other things <laughs> like you don't have to like it's not like enveloping your life of, like of, of like like just wild all the time.
2: Yeah, I mean one of one of one story that really sticks out in my mind is you know this girl that I had known for you know over five years. You know she called me on New Year's and and you know it killed me because when she was talking the first thing I thought to myself was she's high. You know I could tell she was high. And that should have been my exit right there. But since she was my friend, I bailed out her boyfriend on a domestic violence warrant involving his ex-girlfriend, which is a fifty thousand dollars bond. And I got his forfeiture notice in the in the letter uh, in the mail. You know, and my stomach turned. That's fifty grand, fifty thousand dollars that I would have to cough up if I don't find him. So I called him, right? Yeah. They called They call this guy Satan. They called him Satan.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. And I say, and he answers the phone. And for a minute, like, you know, I was able to breathe. I'm like, okay, he's not, you know, he hasn't disappeared. I'm like, dude, did you forget to go to court? He's like, oh, hi, Raquel. What, what's up? Did you, what, what? you know, what, did you forget to go to court? He's like, no, I didn't forget. I, I didn't go. I'm like, what? You know, I'm (laughs) sweating. I'm fucking sweating and, you know, I'm just, like, about to to fucking die, right? I'm like, what do you
1: mean?
2: (laughs) And he's like, I'm I'm a felon and I'm not gonna do three years for some bitch. I'm not going to court. I'm not going, Raquel. (sighs) I, I pretty much blacked out at that point. I think I literally blacked out because i lost it i remember i punched my desk so hard i was crying i was freaking out uh it's, and this was somebody that i knew
0: yeah that's the worst you know
2: this was yeah this was a betrayal and uh long story short i had to hire bounty hunters um i had to you know i mean it was it's a it's a great story because you know i had you know like a two inch thick folder like you know this guy's affiliation his ex-girlfriend his arrest record his parole officer his dad's, his dad's affiliation like where he lived, like all this stuff i take it i call, take it to my private investigator and he's like i don't need that i just need his phone number i'm like oh shit this guy's like a, this guy's like a seal or something he's like a fucking naked seal He called me two weeks later at six o'clock in the morning. He said, I found your guy within 30 feet. I just pinged his cell phone. He's so stupid. He has a cell phone with him. The same one.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) So I had to call local police um, to go, you know, gaffle him up. And they did. And then I had to pay for him. to. Oh, he was in Washington State, by the way. I had to pay for him to fly back to California to go to court. Yeah. yeah and the bounty hunter i yeah. had to pay for his flight ticket too yeah but i guess i was
0: livid go ahead. yeah i was gonna say livid probably right it's like,
2: but. i just um you know i just feel sorry for my boyfriend at the time because i was just like living with a fucking maniac at that time <laughs> sure well that's a lot 50,
0: 50, that's 50 grand hanging over your head right that's bananas
2: yeah, fifty fifty thousand dollars. I felt like I was gonna throw up every day. Literally, yeah. I felt like I was gonna throw up. Just sick to my stomach. When he when he called me and said, "We found your boy within thirty feet," I was popping bottles, champagne that morning. I yeah. was.
0: Oh, yeah, I was.
2: <laughs> what? Because you know, it cost me about six grand, which is a lot better than fifty.
0: Yeah. 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 And is is that something you get to like, is it that's cost of doing business? Do you get to like write that off? Like, or is that something you still have to absorb? I have to
2: absorb that. That's, that was, that's such a good question. Cause that was my first question. Yeah. <laughs> is this a tax write-off? No, it's not.
0: Damn, that this sucks. money lost. Yeah. Well, you you know when someone owns a business, if that's the first question they ask, that's you know, like, well, a write-off, yeah. right? Yeah, at least, yeah, yeah no, that sucks. <laughs> it should be like that's part of the business, right? Like, yeah. I, well,
2: I was, I was, I could, I could write off some of it, but not all of it. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, I mean, that was, that was like, you know, two weeks of madness.
0: I can imagine. In my life, I'd be going. Yeah, I'd I mean, be going. I'd be going ape shit. Yeah, I, I get it.
2: Right. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. The clock is ticking. You have 120 days.
0: Oh, is that is that the time? Is that the time limit? Yeah. Mentioned?
2: Yeah, you have a time limit, and then you know I would have to file a motion for an extension, and that is not free. And you know, last thing I want to do is go court and deal with a judge and feel like I'm in trouble. You yeah. know. You know, part of I gotta say, you know, part of parlaying into the entertainment insurance is just because I'm so burnt out on bail bonds and the then you know, just watching people ruin their lives and the negativity of it all and the violence of it all and the alcohol and the, you know, car wrecks and the drugs and the, you know, murders and you know, people dying and I am mm. tired of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's gonna wear like like that 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 industry like is is it common like is it like do people like do that till retirement or is there like 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 do people get out of like 15 years 20 years or something or is it like is that what do you mean like, like when someone goes into like bonds like is that like do they do that the rest of their life or do they you know or, or is it like is there a lot of burnout and people like leaving that industry.
2: Oh well yeah I think there's a lot of old timers that um, will never leave you know, and and then there's the big corporate ones like Aladdin or, you know, bad boys, you know, but, and then there's people that, you know, think, oh, I'm going to do this and they don't realize how hard it is to generate a clientele and they get out just as fast and, and as whimsically as they got in, you know?
0: Now, when you started, did you work for somebody else and then start your own business or did you just go right out on your own?
2: Oh, no, I started working for somebody first. Yeah, the the guy that talked me into it. Okay, and then you and he
0: went and got you into the school and all that?
2: Yeah, yeah, and the very first bond that I wrote that he paid me on, I was like, well, I'm missing 1%. Where's the 1%? And he said, oh, well, I made a deal with so-and-so that every bond I ever did, for the rest of my life i would give him i would give him 1% of the bond oh. and i said well that's a deal that you made
0: he's taking it out of your end
2: <laughs> and he said oh i have to take it out of my end i said well this is the beginning of the end right yeah yeah and it basically was he wanted he, that was a that was a deal that he made he,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. not not me sure he knew that shit he tried to pull that on me he tried to make me absorb that yeah. So, you know, I was just like, "All right, motherfuckers." I know. Okay. So I started sharpening my nails, and just knew that I needed my own business ASAP. Yeah. What was and the- it took me, it took me a few years, obviously.
0: Yeah. Um. And so, what was that transition like? Like, is it is it like? Did you have to wait till like kind of? establish a clientele and get the lay of the land with the business and then and then it made sense to just go out on your own
2: yeah i mean yes because i had to have i had to work up enough collateral and kind of you know figure that out sure yeah and, and figure out you know bringing my book of business uh trying to get a contract to be a bail bondsman on my own um starting out kind of small, you know, so I had to find the right, the right surety company. And, you know, for, for the longest time, you know, I always had like two or three jobs while I had my, my bail bond business. I, I've worked at flower shops. I have bartended. I have worked at appliance parts shops yeah. where like, I literally was emptying the, the inventory of little teeny tiny appliance parts stockings in a warehouse from pallets. Um, I mean, I've worked at an air conditioning place because I just wasn't making enough. I was too scared, you know, and and then I finally said, okay, I can't. I was working as a receptionist at a um, weed dispensary and I was, you know, I had to roll all these joints. I had to roll like a hundred joints a day and I was just sick of it. I was so tired and I was sitting there rolling joints, and I said, I'm not going to do this anymore, yeah,
1: yeah,
2: and yeah. I finally made that decision, and uh, just did it, you know, I just did it, I had to bite the bullet, and there's, you know, there's been a couple of times where I've had to get a day job, you know, just because I've been nervous, you know, and times have been slow, yeah. during like 2008, 2009, remember when we were in a recession?
1: Yeah, yep.
2: I worked at, I worked at a place called paper source where they have like art supplies
1: sure.
2: and sure. They, you know, and I just do what I have to do. If I had to get a day job tomorrow, I would, I'm not too proud to do it. Yeah. You know, sure. uh, I, I'll always keep my businesses and keep my licenses, but you know, in Los Angeles, there's, there's good years, there's slow years, there's great years, you
0: know, and sometimes you gotta, um,
2: you know, I'm supplementing my, my income right now with the entertainment insurance.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it must have been crazy through the pandemic because, like, they like no one was getting arrested and there was like no court, there was like or or like very limited court or like on TV or, or over over Zoom meetings and stuff, and just uh, well, uh, that must have been a really slow time.
2: Don't make me cry. I just plowed through <laughs> my savings for a year.
0: I can imagine. Yeah,
2: I didn't do one bond for a year.
0: That's not insane. one. Yeah, that's insane.
2: I had zero income for an entire year that's when i went to school to get my property and casualty license because i was like this is my only form of income yeah and i was really you know up the creek without a paddle during the pandemic that's when i realized i need another form of income that's legal
0: yeah and and what is what's entertainment insurance like what what what's that entail and like what's kind of like the the story of that
2: well, I come from an entertainment family. My parents are actors. My mom's an actor. My dad was a musician and a singer and an actor. And so I've been around that my whole life. Uh, my parents have been screen actors, guild union, and musicians union. So, um, you know, the in, in entertainment insurance is insuring um, a feature film from, you know, every piece of equipment to every actor okay um yeah all the liability all the health all the workman's comp uh for for a feature film for a short film for a theater production for a video for a photo shoot and then of course i love boxing so i know um boxing promoters so i've been soliciting to them and they've been giving me a, a, a really nice opportunity to ensure their boxing events wow
1: yeah. so
2: i yeah. So that's that's part of entertainment insurance, like events, um, festivals, um, you know. Sure. And then I do I do a commercial insurance too. So I, I'm
0: my goal is to insure some a couple of skyscrapers. That would that would keep me
2: healthy for a minute.
0: There you go, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I've, i you know, when we've we put on events before and we've had to get insurance for the event. So I, I get it. Um, but, you yeah. know, a, a feature film, that must be a huge undertaking because there's going to be so much that you have to think about into the, that, that mm-hmm. must be written into that policy. That's, um, that's going to be bananas. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, well, you know, there are some standards. You know, it's not a new industry. Yeah, yeah. So at this point, it's pretty dialed in of what you need. And um, there are always kind of set limits for for each, you know, everything's Capacity. you know, insured. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, so, you know, I, I like it. It's very easy, but it's definitely, you know, I feel like bail bonds is stakes and uh, entertainment insurance is kind of like hot dogs. Okay. <laughs> so I would have to do a lot more entertainment insurance. Sure, But that's the goal I kind of, you know, like now at this point The Bail Bonds is just running like a well-oiled machine But if I don't know you I'm probably not going to bail you out anymore I'm kind of pretty much just on a, like, you know Kind of a very, very niche clientele
0: The books are closed, you're you're not taking new clients Unless it's uh, someone you know Pretty much, yeah
2: now, yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't take cold calls. Put it that way. Okay. No way. Mm-mm.
0: Now, what I was curious, um, like, what is the experience like between the relationship between like, like, um, like a, like a Bill bonds person or like a bounty hunter and like other law enforcement? Is it something like? Do they, do they give you guys shit? Do they, do they respect it? <laughs> or, you, you know, That's such
2: a good question. That's such a good question, truth, because, you know what, bail bonds, we're treated like a, a redhead stepchild. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh. And
2: bounty hunters are treated like, you know, half a cop, a wannabe cop, okay. you know, tried to be a cop, you know, because most of them are, most of them wanted to be a cop, but couldn't be for whatever reason. Okay. Something came up in their background check, or, you know, I don't know, but, yeah. So, no, not nice.
0: Yeah, because I was wondering, like, what what they would think about the bail bonds people. It's like, oh, you're just getting these people out, or you know, whatever. Like, a. Cause if, yeah,
2: no, they're horrible.
0: Yeah, because if someone can't post bail and they don't get a bail bonds person to represent them, they got to stay in until their date, right? Is that, is that yeah. Works? yeah. Well,
2: here's here's something people probably don't under don't know, but you know, each person that is arrested has the opportunity to ask to be released on their own recognizance, um, which you can do from the phone of any jail. They usually have the number posted there to call. Um, Based on, you know, some pretty simple facts, like maybe one, that you've never been arrested before. Two, you're gainfully employed. You know, three, you've lived in the area for, you know, 52 years. Yeah, you're not going anywhere, yeah. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. Uh, typically, you'll be released on on without needing bail. Okay. No matter no matter whether you're rich or poor, it doesn't matter. It's based on your record. So, so there's always that opportunity, and then there should be also the opportunity to lower your bail. Also, again, based on those facts. So there's you know. It's not like everybody has to fail out. Yep. And, um, but yeah, if you don't bail out, you have to wait until your next court date and then your next one and your next one and your next one.
0: Yeah. Which is pretty bad. Uh, sure. Yeah. And, and uh, you know. Have you ever been arrested? Um, yes. <laughs> but nothing like, nothing more than like, um, like, Back in the day when we were younger, you'd, you'd have to spend the night, you know what I mean? And then, like, you get out, you know what I mean? And then go to your court date and get it done with. But it wasn't, like, because it was nothing ever, like, anything bananas. Like, you know, it was never, like, like, murder or anything, you know? It was just dumb shit, like, being an idiot kid, you know?
2: Right, but you've, you've gone through the booking cross-up. Yes, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Good. I think everybody should go through the booking cross-up.
0: <laughs> Everyone should do it at least once. Yeah. <laughs> i mean pretty much the more prisons become privatized there's more of a chance for everyone to do that (laughs) like it's fucking but uh
2: ah well you know with technology today not i don't know because you know facial recognition is a big thing and everyone's getting everyone's getting these you know driver's licenses that you know uh gives up the facial recognition and so anywhere you go basically which is what the government is aiming for anywhere you go you walk in you're just going to be scanned you think you're going to the dodger game and actually you're going to be gaffled up
0: tonight yeah 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 it's crazy it's crazy i and i i can put on my tinfoil hat and go down this road right now but (laughs) i think it's 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 like uh you know there might be another one yeah I, i i uh yeah it's it's crazy they have facial recognition now that even if you're wearing like a mask or like something over your face they can still construct your face from features they, they can see under it so scary have you seen that like that's that's fucking crazy like so you know people putting putting like a bandana over their face or something they can still like tell who it is that's oh my crazy. god that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy can't say can't say no oh. no face no case anymore right?
2: <laughs> right know so yeah i don't know i don't know where crime is going i mean i feel like it should be getting lower and lower
0: yeah well you know you know they i think one of the best things they did like like you said like we talked about earlier is like legalized marijuana if that goes federally legal like The crazy thing is, is like, are they going to exonerate people that are in court for for that are, are been in prison for for uh, marijuana related charges like that? Because that, that takes a, that takes a little while, right? Like that's not, um, but you know that's gonna that's gonna free up a lot of resources potentially, and and then the the money these states are making off of marijuana taxation is is crazy, like you know, like I know time.
2: the revenue is insane, right? I The only other thing that concerns me about the marijuana industry is the amount of plastic
0: that they're that they're generating. The, it's really insane. The amount of what? Plastic. Oh, okay. The plastic, yeah. What for like what yeah. like the packaging or like the um Yeah. Or just yeah, the all the
2: packaging. No, not the process. All the yeah. packaging. Like everything has nothing is sold. Um like years ago you could buy actual flour and they would weigh it out. They would pick up your Flower your buds with yeah. some chopsticks or whatever and weigh it on a scale, put it in a bag for you. Right. Yeah. Everything's pre-packaged now. I it know, has I, to be.
0: Pre- you go, you yeah. go to some edibles. It looks like you're buying gummy bears and Sour Patch Kids and, and it's all got crazy pack. Like there's a lot of time and money invested in, in, uh, packaging of, uh, of, uh, of marijuana and also psilocybin that I've seen, uh, in places where that's, uh, decriminalized. Um, it's like a whole industry in itself. Like you know, they're selling smaller quantities, but they're packaging it in a way that's very um, attractive, I guess, for lack of a better word, to the eye. It's, it's interesting. Yeah,
2: and and all kinds of things to seduce
0: you, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's it's definitely attention getting, you know. Like especially when they use they do like play off of like other things. Like you know, if you if you if you you like the the candy nerds as a kid. Guaranteed, there's a, a edible version of Nerds, and it has like a weird name, but it looks like it's the same packaging or, or Jolly Ranches or, or any of that stuff. It's it's. it's Did funny. you hear
2: about Mike, Mike Tyson's edibles?
0: No, what happened?
2: Oh my God, Mike Tyson's edibles are a piece of holy, um, of um, oh my God, a oh, holy spilt ear. <laughs>
0: At least he's he's got a, a comedic sense to him, right? <laughs> or right? or that, it's, it's either funny or sadistic, you know?
2: Isn't that hysterical? Because I can't find them, but they're called they're called Mike Spikes. <laughs> and, and they're little pieces of Evander Holyfield's ear, the piece that he, that he bit off. off.
0: Yeah, yeah, um,
1: yeah. He's fun. he's a
0: major stoner. He's he's a funny guy too like like the the cartoon ad like where he's just kind of like making fun of himself and everything like he he seems like a pretty uh he he's a uh, he's, he's, he's 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 seems to be in a better place where he can laugh at things now like you know what i mean where it's like when yeah. when he was in his prime like and, and they were like still hypnotizing him and getting him just making him a fucking killer like he was like especially the stuff like that you see now on the internet like um like some of his interviews and stuff that they couldn't air back in the day. Like <laughs> that dude was like a menace, you know? Like
2: Oh my God. He was something else, man. Oh my God. When he was like he was <laughs> why are you talking this way to me, Mike? Fuck you. <laughs> he would be like to the reporter. Oh yeah it was, yeah, so he was so punk rock, I mean it was fucking fantastic, oh the, shit I he, love the it the
0: shitty would talk to other fighters and like just like the, the craziness, like like and it's it's funny because he was like a complete animal, like you know he was just he was yeah. just like you know like, yeah, god of That's war, you know sure. he was a god of war, but um yeah, yeah i i I you know that was such a great time when I was a kid that you know like you looked forward to Tyson fights. It was like always the best thing you looked forward to, but it was also the biggest letdown if you paid to get those fights and they were over in like 30 seconds or one round or two rounds, like, you know, and it's just like, man, we just paid for this. Like, you know, <laughs> you, Yeah. you and your friends pulled all the money together to get it and like force your parents right. to get it. And then it was like,
1: yeah. Damn. Yeah.
2: I know. Right. Yeah. That's the, that's the downside of it
0: you're you're big into boxing like you were saying um uh, you know we talked offline but also like with the entertainment stuff like what 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 uh what got you into that sport or, or attracted you uh to get involved in boxing
2: well you know what i just feel like i got well um i got really lucky you know i've always been you know like i mentioned i grew up a dancer so i've always been you know in the gym or doing something and um i met a, a trainer that instead of training you know with weights he was training boxing Yeah. and this this gym had a a full-size boxing ring in the back and I didn't even know it and I took a class and I fell in love with it and so I've been boxing for eight years now but um but initially you know of course I grew up in the you know Oscar De La Hoya, Mike Tyson, Lennox Lewis era. I mean, you couldn't escape it. I mean, you were if you were in Los Angeles, you'd have to live under a rock to not have been into boxing in sure. in the great era of the '90s and HBO boxing. I mean, it yeah. was it was huge. I mean, we lived for it. You know,
0: yeah. Uh, Ma- Marvin Hagler lived like ten minutes away from where I am. That's where he's from and um oh my god vinny pazienza he's he's around i still i i saw him like 2 years ago at like two, no wait this is probably you i'm you know the older i get the time time like i say 2 years ago it was probably more like 4 years ago I saw him uh-huh. um, uh, in at like a Seven Eleven at three in the morning in Providence. Like I was leaving a show, and he was in there, fucking fucked up. Like, <laughs> like it was, I was like, "That's Vinny Pazienza right there. That's crazy." You know, and he, he was cool. No, you know, I talked to him, but he was cool as fuck. But he was like, he was gone. He, I don't know what. Uh, he was out. He was out to lunch that night. But it was. Yeah, like, well, it was, was like three in the morning. So you know what I mean. You know, it's really sad when he
2: passed. Yeah, you know, it was really something special.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So yeah, I love I love boxing. So there's a couple of promoters I've been um, fortunate enough to be ensuring their events. But you know, it's it's when you get into a business late in the game. You know, people have been working with with somebody or a broker for a really long time already. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to break into
0: it. It's like almost you got to be there and you got to be there when that other person retires and gets out of the business and then, then you pick it up.
2: Yeah, I feel like, you know, in, I feel in life, timing is very important with yeah. everything.
0: Yeah. Well, the good thing is like uh, boxing as a sport isn't going anywhere. You know, it'll be here. And, uh Yeah. And you're still young. I know. Enough, I mean, you you've still got enough years, you know, where like you'll be able to get in more and more as as more and more of the older older guys retire, and get out of it, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, I, I think that um, people for a long time were saying boxing is dead. And that was a long time ago. Boxing yeah. still isn't dead. So, no.
0: No, it's actually, it, it feels like there's, like, a resurgence, like, the, the the last few years for sure, like, that, you you know, it, you know, definitely MMA shot out of a cannon, it's fucking huge, but I feel like that also helped boxing come back up, in a way, because um, it, it brought boxing back, too, like, where people are just looking more at combat sports in general.
2: Well, I'm so glad to hear you say that, you know, because I, I feel like boxing is on fire, but I'm submersed in it. You know, yeah. so to hear that coming from you, that's, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. I know that my no knew who Ryan Garcia was and that's, that's huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a big fight, you know? Um, and, uh, that was, that was a huge fight and, um, uh, but you know, I, you know, I, I gotta admit, I don't follow boxing as much as I did when I was a kid, you know, in, the, in those days in the nineties and stuff, but it, it, it has been grabbing my attention again. I have been starting to pay a little bit more attention and watch some of the bigger fights again. Um, as much Good. as I can, I, you know, I three businesses. I'm crazy, going all the time, but it, it's it's been interesting, and I'm glad to see it come back because you know, in this day and age, where so many things are getting, I don't, I, I I'm I'm I just feel like as a country we're starting to get a little demasculated, <laughs> and and I'm not saying that in a bad way, like you know, everyone's like, oh, toxic masculinity. This, I'm not, I'm not getting involved in any of that, but I just like to see some fucking you know, combat sports. It's cool. <laughs> I don't know because, you know, I'm not I'm not putting any other spin on it. Like it's cool. Like fighting, uh-huh. fighting's cool, and you know, as a kid, <laughs> well, as someone that grew up having a fight, all really- time. yeah, yeah. Like I, I like seeing that. Like I'm not, I'm not advocating going on the street and picking fights. Like I'm just saying it's like it, it's good to see it in a professional capacity. The the science of it, like the it seems like the training, like it's way more. It always was a science but it's like it's getting way more dialed in now and like athletes are just like kicking it up like notches like beyond like you know there's not another Mike Tyson right now but you know you know there's like the the way people train and the the way people go like there's a lot of advances in the sport that's all that's it Oh
2: like I agree. I agree. It's it's on some next level stuff man especially if you you know or a fan going way back to like you know Joe Lewis and yeah. Jack Dempsey's? You know it's just, everything is just incredibly advanced compared to back then. You yeah. know.
0: Yeah. Now, I, so do, you, do you do you do you fight? Do, you, uh, do you, I know you train, but like, do you do you spar?
2: Nobody you... wants to fight me.
0: Yeah, that Nobody to... wants to fight. <laughs> You're you're the the terror of the valley over there.
2: (laughs) Nobody wants to fight me. No, there, you know, there's the thing there's, you know, I like to kind of, you know, be able to dance with somebody and be able to work on my footwork and, and shadow box, but I don't do any, any, um,
0: sparring. Okay.
2: Any sparring with headgear. No.
0: Yeah. I was just curious.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. You know, my front teeth are not that great <laughs> as it is. Like, I'm not trying to lose them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just teach them. Well, that's like, the thing. Is like with with, with these with these tra- trainings like this. Like you, you can doesn't matter. It's, you don't have to be comp- in a professional arena. Like you can get fucked up <laughs> just training. You know, like sparring and stuff, or even just training. You know,
2: like. Oh my God! Even with just even with the slip bag, it weighs yeah. like twelve pounds. You know, if I don't get out of the way, that thing will give me a shiner. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but um, yeah, no, no Mm sparring. And you know, I, I, if you, if you see it, you know, when you, you know, I mean, I don't know if you do any combat sports, but
0: not right now. I did for for a couple years. I was doing um uh the, the Israeli the Israeli fighting the Krav Maga.
2: Um, uh huh. Okay, so we've been, you're you're used to close physical contact. Yeah, it's intimate. You know, some mm-hmm. people aren't used to that, and I'm not. You know, I'm kind of. I don't want somebody up all sweaty up on me.
0: Sure. Oh no, no, you. Yeah, it's just something you got to deal with, though. <laughs> In any of those,
2: right. Right, but it's, you know, it's
0: not, it's not for everybody. No, it's not fun, yeah. The older I get, the less I want something like that, too, you know what I mean? Like, you're 20, (laughs) whatever, roll around, fight, whatever, now I'm like, "Eh, I don't fucking touch you, man, fuck you. (laughs) Uh, um,
2: Right? Oh, my God, I'm blind, I don't know if I'm feeling that.
0: Yeah, and and Krav was more, it was a lot of, like, striking, a little bit of groundwork, you know what I mean? Like, but being able to more just defend yourself from ground positions and stuff. Um, but it was way more striking and explosive violence and getting out of the situation. Um, but like jujitsu, uh, like like and stuff like that, it's always seems interesting. I got like a really bad shoulder, um, shoulder arthritis from weightlifting accidents. But like, so I haven't played around with that. But like, I don't know. Like, I don't. I know you get over it, and it seems like there's a lot of um, skill and there's a lot of like it's like a game, like like where you gotta anticipate moves. It's like a game of chess. Um, and it seems interesting, but you know, I also, I don't really want to roll around with somebody. I just. That's,
2: that's the finest of <laughs> it for sure. Um, but I thought Carl McGaw was like figuring, it was like teaching you Maine Ardolio's slides and stuff like that.
0: It, yeah. It, it's literally, it's it, so where I went, it was in South Boston. Um, and it was, like, legit teachers, and they had three. They had the civilian class, they had a law enforcement class, and the military class. And the civilian class was a lot of defense, a lot of drill work, like, a lot of just, like, you know, like, striking and, and, and crazy drills. Like, like, it was a real good workout um, and developed a lot of strength developed a lot of techniques. The, the law enforcement class was a lot more grappling and a lot more, like, non-lethal type of things and then the military one was just like literally how do you kill someone as fast as you can <laughs> like you know what i mean right, yeah, right, it was like, right. literally it wasn't like there was no joke it was like no this is like i need to kill you as fast as i can and 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 and, and so that's what that was you know right. and,
2: that's, uh, but, that's what i i think i i've heard of that class that's the one I've yeah. heard.
0: <laughs> I was still bouncing uh and, and being a doorman when I was when I was training that and literally nothing I learned in that like w- was applicable to me working a door. Like it was literally just all devastating, you know what I mean? It was like someone's attack. Yeah. It, it was just like defend and then counterattack like as hard as you can. Explosive. It was just it, explosive it violence. Was,
2: <laughs> it was like that main artery on the inner side right yeah, now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Done. Uh, it was fun. It was fun. You know, I, I, I would like to get back into something like that again. I, I gotta, I feel like the older I get, like, and I'm just keep doing weightlifting and stuff. And I feel like, like I'm, I, I gotta do stuff to improve flexibility. It, and whatnot. it, it was cause...
2: fingers in the eyeball. My oh yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It, oh, they taught you
0: all that headbutts, fingers in the eyes, like throat, throat work, yeah. all kinds of throat work. Like, right. Uh, I'll yeah. punch
2: them in the throat right away.
0: Oh yeah. They would show you, uh, they would show you, um, um, Uh, pressure points and things like, yeah, there was all kinds of interesting stuff that, you know, I've used through the years here and there when I've had to, like, you know what I mean? But like, not a lot, you know, luckily. Yeah. Uh, Well, I always felt like I might have to, you know, I always felt like I might have to. When you train a lot, like, and you consistently do things that, you know, they, you you train a lot of things to become muscle memory so it just comes back to you like in the moment you're not even thinking about it like I'm sure with boxing like it's like that you know like you, you 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 train certain combos and it's like that combo becomes like muscle memory to you like yeah of course totally yeah it's awesome so what else Absolutely. you got going on you always got a, you got a ton going on you got you got your shop in your book um you you, you, <laughs> you you got the entertainment uh insurance business you the, the bail bonds what else yeah, I'm wearing three hats
2: right now. I'm wearing three hats right now, and I'm just—I'm trying to. Um, I actually um signed up for it. Well, I submitted an application for an internship for um for a writer with the studios because um, it's a different format. You know, it's a different application. Everything's different to write something that will be you know spoken as opposed to something that will be read. Sure. And it's a program and you have to apply for it and you have to be accepted. So if I, if I do that, I will be, I'll then be, you know, taking off even further in that different direction. You know, I will always keep my bail bonds, but you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I can't keep up that pace of what I was doing for sure Sure. with all the events and the videos and the photo shoots and the car shows and the, you know, different swag bags and all that. I can't, I I mean, I did it, and I'm finished.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? I get it. Absolutely. Even with, like, the the motorcycle shop, like, when we were younger, doing the videos and the DVDs and doing all kinds of stuff and, you know, hitting every show and blah, blah, blah. And it's hard to do that now, especially with (laughs) – you know, we have such a business here inside the shop. It's like cost money to leave the shop to do this other stuff. And, um, you know, and it's, you know, it's tough to keep doing all that stuff. You almost need young blood to come in under you, like to, to, to carry that torch, you know, like to do it for all, like the, like you said, the events and all that stuff.
2: Yeah. You know what it's like. I mean, there's a lot of events that, that need to be done every year.
0: Yeah, you got to the, keep the name out there. You gotta keep the...
2: Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. You know, I mean, I was, you know, for me, I have a commercial in the can, have a few of them, that I could just air on any station at, like, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning, 3.30 in the morning is my target audience. And, you know, it's, it's what people don't understand. People approach me for sponsorships, which are now called partnerships. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, but and they are giving astronomical amounts of like ten thousand dollars for a night and some digital flyers and whatever you know and i can air a commercial for half of that
0: sure the problem is is like you said though it's like you're not opening your books to new people so it's like there's that's just money you don't need to spend Exactly. Oh my God.
2: So that's exactly what I said to myself. I was like, well, I'll just air a commercial. And then I was like, I don't want to do that. Then my phone will start ringing more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, then it sounds I'll have like you to found a good balance, you know, and you just got to do whatever you got to do to sustain that.
2: Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm doing. And, and I've been, um, you know, I've been trying to stay off social media, just, ah, just taking a break from that shit too. Yeah. You know, that, you know, I mean, I feel like we all really kind of, um, we were all suckers for social media and now I'm super over it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my, my attorney was like, you know what, Raquel, you should focus on being kind and being happy and focus on, you know, what your next move is going to be in your next chapter. And that's been resonating with me really well. You know, um, just thinking about like you know what's really important at this stage in the game is just enjoying life for me, you know, making sure I travel, you know, liking my home, you know, being with friends and family, like you know working less as less as possible. Sure, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm not trying to work as hard as I was back then. I feel like I put that work in and then some, you know.
0: I get it. I get it. I I, I, yeah. I feel like that too. But then, then I take on new shit like an idiot, you know. And then I'm like, oh, no, I want to do this now. I just like learning new things and doing new things. And then I just get super involved in that for a while. And then it's like, oh, now it's another thing I'm doing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, the writing has been that for me. You know, that all started with me just being, you know, doing copywriting for my business. and then starting a blog for my business which then you know got me into into um writing and then I just you know got when you when you like something and you want to do it you find a way
0: absolutely well it's cool like you have um a unique perspective um and you're writing about a kind of unique industry with unique experiences that isn't a common thing I mean yeah, I mean there's Bill Bonds people all across the country, but it's not like, you know, being a um, you know, a, a, you know, a cashier at some place or something. It's it's not something a lot of people know about, you know, and uh I think people will find it interesting and you, you keep pushing that. Like you said it it makes for interesting um uh stories whether it's however it's told whether it's through a written word or through a screenplay or through a documentary or uh whatever and it's especially when people can see the real thing and not like the the glitzy dumbed down dog the bounty hunter version which is the same thing that happened with motorcycles with all those dumb tv shows like you know what i mean everyone thought you know you know you know our dog the bounty hunter is like occ you know like the you know so yeah it, right you know, right it's just like yeah. it kind All of right. it, it it's cool because it brings things to the forefront but it's also not cool because it puts like a weird spin that isn't the re- the, the reality of, of what it is uh, out there,
2: yeah. Well, do, do you think that that era is kind of over with? I mean, it is for me. Yeah, oh, but yeah I don't absolutely. know what other people are saying.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, but it you know, and the same thing happened with the tattoo yeah. stuff. But that's why all that stuff got popular. But yeah, I uh, you know, Hol- uh, Hollywood did its thing and capitalized off all these subcultures as much as they could. And then when no one cared anymore, they you know they're on to whatever the next thing is. And I don't know what the next. Right. Thing is. I'm not. I'm not. I don't watch much TV. You know what I mean? Like, or if I do, it's like on two B. Watching old old sixties biker movies or like right dumb, well, things, dumb that, things about I mean, aliens or something you know <laughs>
2: yeah but I think that's because our friends all don't have reality shows anymore like they used to right?
0: yeah 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 we used to get called all the time to do reality shows and it was just like mm, you, you know it was funny because we they'd come out you know and put money into a, like making a pilot and it, it always it was always the same thing. Oh, we love what you guys do. We love what you guys are about. You guys are cool characters. You know, you get the the Boston thing and blah, blah, blah. And it's gritty and blah, blah, blah. Then they come out and they want to do this reality show. And we, like, film this pilot or do this, uh, you know, or the pre-pilot or whatever stuff like the different ones went different to different lengths and then they give you these scripts and then they want you to do this shit that you would never do and i'm like what do you this is reality like this is before i was this is when i was naive and i thought reality show you know was going to be more realistic you know and i was like i would never say this like like i'm not learning lines i'm not an actor like you know what i mean like you you're 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 taking you said you like us for what we do and then you bring us the show you want us to do the show that's nothing like what we do like no, i'm not doing it you know (laughs) And, yeah, and, uh, um, I don't think. I
2: mean, I think there, there most definitely is still reality TV on, but yeah, it's it, uh, you know media changed so much.
0: Yeah, I don't think they're it's, exploiting the subcultures that we grew up in anymore. You know, but they're done with that. Yeah,
2: the tattoo shop ones and the yeah, yeah, all those like, um, Kat Von D doesn't have a show anymore, right?
0: I don't think so. I, I, but I don't know. They might, who knows? But like, I, I don't think it's, okay. uh, yeah, I know there's still some tattoo shows. I just don't know what they are. Like, you know, like, um, for people in the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> Pinterest, <laughs> Pinterest is the new thing. Everyone just comes in, uh, to the tattoo shop with pictures they saw on Pinterest and they're like, I want this tattooed. i watch, I watch, uh, you know, Dan and other people uh, deal with that all the time. Cause I still get a lot of friends in the, the tattoo industry. And, um, it's yeah.
2: amazing that the <laughs> tattoo industry has has been cracking for as long as it
0: has. Yeah. It's,
2: yeah. You know, it's just amazing.
0: That's another thing, like, where it's gotten pretty pretty advanced, too. There's some people out there doing some super technical, like, crazy art. You know, some of it doesn't hold up with time, you know, like, like people doing all these, like, really intricate tattoos that don't have outlines and stuff. And, like, sooner or later, it's all going to fade and blur. But, um... But they look beautiful, like probably for that first year, you know <laughs> i I like, I like my old school tattoos, you know, like yeah.
2: God, I was on such a mission, but i I pretty much got over it, oh yeah, uh, uh you know after i after my arms were finished, I was like, okay, well, am I gonna do a whole back piece? am I gonna do my legs? yeah, you know gonna do my entire you know head or whatever i'm like no yeah. so i just you know got on with my life sure yeah. yeah and then i saw everyone get crazy with it it's just crazy
1: yeah yep
2: it used to be so underground it used to be like you know there was like a hundred people in los angeles that had a lot of tattoos that were heavily tattooed
0: yeah
2: and that was it and you know
0: that's everybody yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well, hey you know like i said there's there's pros to everything and cons to everything you know it's good if it makes uh cops and whatever leave me alone more cool you know what i mean like you know like if it's easier for me to get alone because it's not as stigmatized when i go in with tattoos on my neck like cool you know but
2: yeah yeah and so many great artists have been able to you know have a uh, make a good living
0: oh yeah plus you know yeah tattooing is uh if you're good and you're smart and, and uh, do things right, it's a pretty lucrative career.
2: Yeah. I mean, I see some a lot of my friends have shops in L.A., and I'm so glad to say that they're all still open, all of them, and from the Valley to ones on the Sunset Strip, you know? It's like so anything. It, if, it,
0: it, if someone's real about it and they're going to do it no matter what, you know, and they'll be tragic yeah. they'll be highs and lows. and like so you said, like, you know, some people are built for it and they're true and, and they're into it like like with bail bonds, right? You said there's some people that get into it and they find out it's not for them or they don't want to deal with the, the craziness of it and they get out. And some people, you know, then you get the old timers that are still there, you know. It's like with anything, you know. If someone's yeah legit, someone's legit into it and they you know, they'll they'll last it out. Yeah, so, so you're gonna be
2: coming out to LA anytime soon?
0: Uh not that i know of i i got to because i got um i have to go to one of those shows that they do out one of those outdoor shows um under that bridge there <laughs> do you know the what i'm talking fish about fish? those big ones that's huge i got to i got i got to go see one of those um and uh obviously you know i got a lot of friends out there so i i, I definitely want to get out um i have yeah, we'll you know. i will i will i haven't i haven't been out since um it must have been uh, right before, you know, all the shutdowns and everything. That's the, I haven't been out in a few years. was like,
2: 2020?
0: Probably. so I
2: mean, yeah, since, like,
0: 2019, right? Probably 19, <clears throat> yeah, if I had to put it. Yeah. Right. If I look back, <laughs> this this is one thing that social media is good for. Like, now that there's, like, a like you've been on certain things for long enough, like you can go back in time by just like scrolling through your own feed. <laughs> like, 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 Oh yeah, that was 2019. I can find a picture from that. You know? <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Yeah. But you know, it's, what's going to be crazy is when, when, you know, sooner or later we're all going to die. And then these things, these profiles are going to be out there like ghosts forever. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you're going to you know, you're gonna be able to watch them Think about a kid now, right? That gets on social media now is Got an Instagram at age 10 When that is 80 That stuff is still gonna be there You know, they're gonna be able right. to go see their whole life Like, that's crazy They're gonna have like 80,000 pictures up You know what I mean? And they're gonna be able to go through that whole thing Like, that's bananas Like, weird to think it about It is Weird to think about
2: It is Well, we used to have them all on, uh, in, in, on oh, print Yeah, photo albums Yeah, yeah Which I really miss me too, I really
0: there's something yeah. about holding a physical object like a photograph or even like a record and stuff, like you know, which is cooler than just having it in the ether and streaming it through your phone. I'll always, think yeah, that. I'll always think that, especially if it's I a good agree. picture, you could blow it up and like see it big and not just on like a little, you know, five inch screen or whatever size they are now. Like,
2: um, yeah. I know an actual an actual like you know four by five yeah,
0: yeah.
2: or a, you know five by seven or an eight by ten
0: yeah 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 when you blow it up yeah to eight by tens it's, it's cool like you know um but you know you can have ten thousand of them in your phone you can like if you had ten thousand regular photographs it cost you like. 80 grand to 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 print all those and then you you'd have to have a storeroom for it so you know what i mean i know pros and and cons to everything right (laughs)
2: for sure i mean when we were kids we didn't we weren't so picture crazy
0: no no and you you would have like a couple per year like that like made it into a photo album and you remembered those forever you know what i mean but like oh there was his eighth birthday and you remember these going crazy you know you know, just dumb Not shit every like
2: single day and what every single sandwich that you ate, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, th- I, this was a great pizza. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, <that's>, uh, <laughs> people just take pictures of everything now, and, and I don't even well, go
1: saying,
2: yeah. You know, they're saying that okay, so when we were growing up, the greatest generation. Was like okay, the greatest generation, but now there is going to be no more greatest generation, and it's us, it's Generation X that they're saying is like the smartest, the most prolific, the most level-headed. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm hoping so. I ho- I'm hoping that that's true. Yeah. Well. You yeah. Know.
0: And it's up to us to make the generation under us better, but they're not listening. <laughs> well, they're voting. Yeah. Uh, yep. Um, <laughs> which, which we'll save for another one.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, we will.
0: But hey, look, this has been great. I got I got to cut out though. I was remember I was telling you earlier. I got to cut out around.
1: Yeah,
0: already. yeah. Um, why don't you give? It's uh, funny from- uh, yeah, and while we were while we're on the topic of social media, why don't you give uh, some of yours out so people can find out what you're up to and uh, what's going on? Oh, and-
1: okay.
2: I am uh, Raquel Queen of Fail on Instagram. And I am Bond Girl Raquel on Twitter.
0: Okay. And then uh, where, where was your um, article again?
2: Legsville.com. Legsville. www.legsville.com. Yep. Yeah, it's called, called Bail Tales. All I right. think people will like it. Everybody's giving me a lot of compliments, and thank you so much for having me and for hanging out. Truth.
0: Absolutely. And you got a little taste of it here, but go read the articles because I'm sure there's going to be a lot more f- like cool details and funny stuff. Like, you know, that because, w- w- like you said, the written word, like you have more time to think it out and really plot it out and put it down. And, uh, yeah. and uh, you know, go, go, go read those bale tales because I'm sure you'll it'll be endless entertainment. And, uh, and uh, get the book Thank when you. it comes out. Get the book when it comes out. We'll, we'll make sure w- when that book is done, um, you know, I'll let you know. Yeah. And I'll give, you're going to have to, I'll, I'll buy a signed one off you to give away to one of the listeners. We'll figure out some kind of contest or something. Absolutely. I'll be doing some kind of book tour what i'm hoping absolutely all right well let's not uh let's let's talk again soon and uh thank you so much for coming on and spending time and educating people to what uh the world of bail bonds is like and uh important information if you if uh you ever find yourself in trouble like you, you know make sure you take care of shit right okay. and show yeah, up to court if you because so- this motherfucker's repping you like make sure you show up to court and don't don't screw the bail bonds person like they're the ones helping <laughs> you out <laughs>
1: thank you thank you so much all right thank you Okay, bye.
0: Bye.